0: Golight presents Murder Most Irish.
1: Literary laureate is unashamed about using ChatGPT. Did you see this? No. Have you heard about this? Have Have you seen this? this? Uh, The winner of Japan's most prestigious literary award has acknowledged that about 5% of her futuristic novel was penned by ChatGPT, saying generative AI had helped
0: unlock her potential. No, it didn't. It just took loads of other people's work from the internet. Plagiarized it and spat that back out. That's what ChatGBT is It's plagiarism yeah, I know It's the same thing with AI Isn't it crazy that We have lived in a society We live in a society For a very long time Where plagiarism Was seen as a massive No no A big issue You don't do that yeah. You don't steal Other people's work And now they are Creating apps to do it Yeah And everyone's like Yeah I okay so the, there's this band What are they called? What's wrong with you? L.S. Dunes, they're called. That's a great name for a band. So there's a band. The guy, the guitar player from My Chemical Romance is in this band called L.S. Dunes. They're terrible. I don't like them. They're awful. Like as people? And no, or the band, is, the music? band is, the music is terrible. It's not for me. It's just, I don't like it. But anyway, they are like from the kind of New Jersey hardcore scene. So they're all kids that would have grown up with like the same thing. DIY, like all the... Uh, Fugazi stuff All the Ian stuff They grew up with all of that So mm. they're very much Come from a scene of like Do it yourself yeah. Create your own stuff Don't steal Be honest Released a full Full length video Made with AI And then could not understand Why their fan base were like What the fuck are you doing Why would you do this And they were like We're just trying to experiment With the times no, you don't want to pay people yeah. to make your videos for you. And what you need to do is you need to be upfront and honest about that. And you also, like, they're... It's so funny because it just makes me laugh about these, these dudes that were in these, like, hardcore bands that are now based... Their entire, like, personalities, their entire friendships and communities were based on politics. And they were because those hardcore hardcore bands were massively based on politics. Yeah. Like, you can't, like, an Ian McKay band and not be political. That's not how it works. And now, Palestine... Palestine. Silence. 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 Like, Silence. I... Silence. I
1: said to you the other day. you said to me, idols are on the cover of Rolling Stone. And I was like, because haven't said anything about Palestine.
0: And that he, is... He did in the interview. If you read the interview, he, did did, he? he talked about it. What did he, he say? He basically said that he felt... He fe- the fence? That, yeah. No, he, he felt that he... They weren't the type of people that had the right to speak about it. And they would prefer to do... Uh, to help in, in ways that wasn't public But I'm like but you're a public band Fuck off Emma You're a public band Fuck Joe. off like His makes,
1: entire first yeah, album is about the yeah. Tory government This is what
0: makes me laugh I'm like you don't get to pick and choose When what, you're gonna fucking make yeah, money Yeah what awful Because you're not gonna get Oh I'm so angry I know but when they're anti-Tory tories don't listen to idols like and if they do they shouldn't because that's who they they hate you yeah but he knew that that wasn't as divisive he could they could still have a career shit talking the tories but now that they're trying to make it in america
1: not a word they're on the cover of the
0: rolling stone
1: and if you're like i just for me like i i love idols and i love their music yeah and we went to see them and i've tickets to go see them again and I'm so bothered by the fact that i bought got know. tickets to go see I them. I know.
0: But it's sad because it was Bob Villain spoke up about them. He was the one that got on. Oh, he was on stage in Dublin, actually. And he spoke up about Sleaford mods and idols. So and like, said, you can't call yourself punk. Can't call you guys political punks. Like, And then they're backtracking. They're like, we never said we're political punks. Dude, you spent three albums shit talking the Tories. Tories. That's that's political. Like you can't. But what? And the Mental Health Institute in in England. NHS. The way the NHS was failed by the Tories. How your mother, you watched your mother slowly die because the NHS was defunded in a way that caused her not to be able to get the medication and the proper services that she needed. But now all of a sudden, when there is an active genocide going on, you don't know what what to 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 say. say. You don't know what to say because you're in the United States and you are terrified of losing money. money. Just be honest about it. Yeah. Just say it, because everybody can see through you. The and you signing a letter quietly yeah. is nothing. What yeah. are you, that's nothing? And you meant of like, you meant of people who have like
1: quietly removed themselves from social media Fully. because they know full well that Abby Jacobson,
0: are like, uh, Donald Potter. Yeah, Abby. Oh no, Dawn's back. Dawn's now. Dawn signed that letter, and her husband didn't sign that letter, and Dawn went, "Oh shit." And now she's holding all those um pop up things and all the funds are going to Palestine. So she is. But she only are going, I'm nearly sure they're going 50-50. Maybe. Let me just see. But Don like Dawn signed that letter and her husband said, Not in your fucking life when we signed that letter. He like, said, I am from the arsehole of Ross Common. Yeah. Um yeah, hoppet. But she
1: disappeared for a bit off the internet.
0: And put up a statement. Oh she did, I saw all that. Her comments. Why? Ceasefire now. Why? Because she was being annihilated. So she is posting about Palestine, like she is, but because she signed that letter, and then everyone was like, "Are you fucking serious?" It's the same reason they did. she did that. He did that stupid video, the imagined video, yeah. because they're friends with idiots, idiots, morons. But like watching, like Abby Jacobson. Oh, oh Abby, we can see how Abby like that. She was gone. But they did a whole episode about going to Israel. Yeah. Because, and the problem is, unfortunately, a lot of Jewish people have been indoctrinated and brainwashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't know it because that's all they know. And then you see Jewish people being like, oh shit, yeah. I have fully been indoctrinated and then learning about what's happened. Somebody saying free Palestine is not saying kill Jews. No. They're not the same thing. Like that little shit from uh, did you see him? Stranger Things. Did you see him, anyone? When I said Stranger Things, said, hey, fix this. Did
1: they say fix this? They because fix- you know the guy who's from Fleabag. Oh my God! What is wrong? What is his problem? Who's also in Stranger Things? He's crazy. Is currently sitting in fucking Israel. He is crazy. Being Sarah like, we're, we don't want to kill. Like, we're not saying to end Palestine. Yes, you are. That's what he's doing. Uh, you've literally knocked down all of their houses. Are and hospitals you've are gone.
0: them. Thirty-nine hospitals in the There is
1: one functioning hospital yet left, and your and your government has surrounded it with the. IDF. IOF as I like. IOF. Like surrounded and is carpet bombing it. It is the last functioning hospital in Gaza. And you're telling me that you're not trying to eradicate <laughs> of course, them?
0: Yeah. Stop lying. Noah Schnapper. Put up a video. You know the guy who plays Will Byers. So he's uh the boy in the first season that gets possessed.
1: Oh, okay. He's Will
0: Byers. So he has been go- he's a Zionist and he's Oh he's the guy like, that
1: was like Zionism is, is sexy. So when
0: they were carpet bombing children yeah. Three, four days into He was into having out stickers. in stickers and laughing and joking in a bar in New York. Yeah. So, Stranger Things is coming back and how I know it's their PR that are doing this is Stranger Things are coming up back and they were saying nothing. Yeah. And they put up a picture of the cast and every single comment, every single comment was, Free Palestine, get this, we're, we're boycotting unless you remove them Fuck Zionism, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I tell you, every, there was maybe two comments that were like, yay. It was... Fucking taken like over I won't watch it And then a week later He was like Hey guys So I just need you to understand That I want all sides To be peaceful yeah. No you don't You were laughing and joking In a bar in people New York below In the
1: comments of that Being like So how's Zionism sexy yeah. then
0: So he um he had, They told him to release it They were like We're getting People are boycotting this And the thing about it is This is some bullshit People have actively Boycotted, boycotted Starbucks And McDonald's And a lot more organisations And they are crumbling Because of it So Netflix are like Hey yeah, immediately release the statement.
1: Because I'm telling you now, Starbucks didn't in any way in their financial forecast think that hey we're gonna be affected by they the fact thought that people were, were gonna
0: get bored. Yeah, after like a week, they've lost twelve billion dollars genuinely... in revenue. Oh, looks nice so real. They genuinely were like, oh yeah, they'll get bored in like a week, and yeah. No, like because they're still boycotting and people are going to continue to bo- boycott. I'll it. never buy Starbucks ever again. No, And McDonald's released a statement being like, people are highly or very misunderstood about our stance. And You have IOF sto- soldiers walking around with bags of McDonald's food that you gave you them for, for, free, for free doing photo shoots. And the day after Russia invaded Ukraine, you were like, we're pulling out. We're pulling out of Russia. When we were in New York when that was going on and all the restaurants were changing any names with Russian dishes, yeah. crossing out the Russia... But it's perfectly fine to watch children have their body parts blown off on national television and say, hey, there's two sides. Yeah. Hey, this is more complicated than we, uh, than we understand. It's not. It's not. It's not. And honestly, the problem with Hollywood is they're all cowards. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to understand if they all stood up. They can't take out Ollie. There's power in numbers. There's power in numbers But right. they won't Not one single person Mentioned Palestine And no. all the awards I hate the awards I hate them only right. anything I liked Is so that I got to see Manny Madison Looking really hot Other than that Don't care Not a single person Not a single person Got up on that stage And said Free Palestine Yeah Or cease fire now Or we're thinking of the people That are suffering Around the world Even a slight Like just You didn't even have to say Palestine Not one of them Cowards Fucking shills Every single one of them I detest Hollywood The worst people Are in that industry the worst scum you have ever seen in your life. Work in that industry.
1: You can't make a million dollars without standing on someone's You're neck. You're not a
0: billionaire. There's no, it's, there's no ethics in being a billionaire.
1: Like so, not one. You're of talking to them- the same people sitting room. with Harvey yeah. Weinstein, known who he was, being like, ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you're like, talking about like, the same
1: people who are friends with Roman Polanski and named their children yeah, after him. Yeah. are talking about the same people who hang out with Woody Allen and go and be in his movies yeah. openly and willingly because they think he's some form of yeah. visionary director when he fucked his adopted 70-year-old yeah. daughter. She's taking
0: naked pictures of her on Polaroids like, and his wife found them. And you're telling me that you, I'm meant to care what these people think. But you're also telling me that there's some form of ethics? None. None. Hollywood is where it is. Every single one of film. you in
1: that room have like committed yourself to the idea that making money is worth more than your morality. Yeah.
0: And they have and they're and they're making it. Yeah. But like it's just very it's very hard to watch I and mean, then it's very it's very frustrating. We'll never be on the radio. No, to watch people of color actively calling mm. this out. People of color who are like I I follow so many uh black indigenous bipoc people on Instagram who are calling this out and are saying I don't care if I lose money, I don't care. If I lose my job, I can't stand by morally and watch this happen. With a, like, I can't do that. Like, and and then white people are just like, mm, "La la la." Yeah. I'll just wait until this is over and then I'll start posting my videos again. Abby like, Jacobson. Yeah, Abby, Miss Fucking. Let's stand. Let's let's uh, do a full art run for Ukraine and give all the funds to Ukraine. Oh my god, guys, it's amazing. You are watching an entire people be genocided, and you haven't you haven't even posted a video. The only video she posted was that ad she made with um, Alana. Yeah. That was all she posted. And now fair play to Alana Alana has been vocal, but that's Alana. Alana is very, very, very vocal. but I just watching people pick and she- liberals 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 Liberalness needs to go leftism needs to take over because I and this thing with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders posting that thing on Instagram yesterday Being like hey guys we need to make Donald Trump is in the run for presidency And we need to stand up and make sure that we don't let this happen And that everyone's in comments going Yeah and we need to stop funding a genocide Bernie We need to-
1: Like his video literally before that was like We need to He's try, He's in the house essentially Trying to get a bill passed yeah. where they can get aid to yeah. Gaza And then in the next video he's like Call for a
0: ceasefire Bernie Like call for a ceasefire Call for a ceasefire You fucking coward
1: the president of your
0: country What he is What he is Like we have Irish politicians In the UN Call like Joe Biden Butcher Biden Butcher Biden Because that's what needs to happen Yeah That's what needs to be said She Claire, That speech Claire said I'm going to go in here And take I'm no prisoners i take ours. all of you down Yeah I don't give a fuck And she, I was so I was like that's what That's what we need Yeah this dancing around, what it is like? You have people that voted for Joe Biden four years ago, calling him genocide Joe, and Bernie Sanders thinks he's going to win. He's not going to win. He's not going to win. You have literally funded the genocide and are currently still funding like the was genocide Martin of an people. Day, the other day, day, yeah.
1: and how, uh, what's Camilla? Cam- Camilla. Camilla. Uh-huh. Uh, and she put up like a post being like, we continue the good work of... Martin. I just put below us saying, do you think funding a genocide is continuing the good work of Martin Luther King? Like, sorry, what are you... And then literally every comment below that was like, no, bitch. No. See no, fire. bitch. You're exactly. You're killing
0: children. You're killing children. Like... Children are collecting body parts in plastic bags and we are watching it. And you want us to vote for the man that funded it because you want to stay in power but, for more yeah. years and get paid. Like... Like are you f- And it just It is like And then you have liberals Being like Or uh, Joe Biden gave a speech In a church oh, oh, not, I see He's him. gone to black churches Because that's where he thinks He's going to get his money People Standing f- up Said no you can't do that And then there was people Down the back going Four more years Four more years of what yes yeah. This And yes Donald Trump would have done The exact same Damn. thing I don't think for a second, Donald Trump. Donald Trump would have been like drop war bombs. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind. But what he's doing now is staying quiet. quiet. His people are like shut the fuck up and you'll win, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, it's happening. And so now you have four more years of of D- Donald Trump because the Democratic government are literally Republicans in a in a in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah. four Republican kids in a trench coat. That's yeah. all they are.
1: Um, like he won Iowa.
0: He won Iowa he is getting four more years he is becoming president of the United States again and their their politics and their politicians are so grotesque and evil that nothing matters matters. and like to live in a country where you're literally like we're fucked if we do and we're fucked Fucked if if we we don't we vote for Biden four more years of watching Israel blast children into the sky we vote for Trump four more years of him just destroying everything that was ever built what the fuck has Joe Biden done? What, what has Joe Biden done? Nothing really. His first two months in in power, he was uh, Here? kicking people out of the fucking country. He was uh, doing um, deportations. Oh yeah. And all and the liberals you're... were like, "But it, but at least but at least what? You don't need a liberal government. You need a leftist government. This is not it's not working. It's just that, surging And now we've listened to four more years of this stupid ginger, red-haired bastard. For, I can't like. What do you what do? You do? But he is so quiet. Have you noticed? Yeah. Not a word. Because
1: his people are like, people don't are like, say anything don't on it. You not have to say anything. That stupid octogenarian
0: it. motherfucker yeah. is destroying the democratic government as we speak. And the rest of them are too pussy to stand up and say it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like because he they, has literally
0: handed him the presidency. He has handed Donald Trump the presidency on a gold platter and said, here you go. Yeah. When you have Gen Z, who are now oh, most of them, if not all of them, eligible to vote... And you have their main source of information and news TikTok. is TikTok. And you have 16 and 17 year olds on TikTok explaining in very, very um, uh, normal, understandable terms, what is happening without using hyperbole, without using these big words that people don't understand, what is happening in Palestine? You are not getting four more years. No. Millennials have fully turned on you. Yeah. And your older base are dying. Yeah, all dead. So they all don't give a fuck They're all dying Like Millennials are like Get fucked Yeah So you're fucked Anyway Life is a nightmare Our hearts, souls Every piece of love Every piece of anything I have Goes out to the people of Palestine Because I don't know what to do No All I can do is keep sharing
1: Keep sharing Keep talking about keep it donating, I'm Keep donating Keep talking about it I'm actually
0: getting emails back from TDs now I've started getting emails back from TDs Same one I email TDs we, there was like a thing a uh, template for an email to be sent to the TDs and it all and I'm starting to get it back now 100 days after it happened and they're like yeah we agree we're making sure that we speak to-. no you're not the uh, literally said he doesn't know if it's a genocide he also said comfortable he also said well wouldn't October 7th be considered a genocide then he did not yes he did in the same interview yes he did in the same interview that's what he said that's the leader of our country
1: Scholars, <laughs> people like like literal scholars who define the term
0: genocide, genocide, have said this is a genocide. This is a genocide. I know Mickey D is up on that or a and he's saying, "Just give me five minutes on the internet." Yeah, like I know he's like, "Gimme five on." Un- like unmanned minutes, don't look at my computer and let You've me say what I need to say. deep fake that's going around TikTok. The deep what? The deep fake of Michael D. No,
1: what's he doing? There's a deep fake of Michael D. Higgins. So, like, that guy from like Grubhub, Grubhub, you know, he does all the impressions. Oh, yeah. He did an impression of Michael D. Higgins on the Lately, where he was like effing and blinding and moaning about not being able to get on like a plane and like <laughs> other bits and pieces. And someone put AI of Michael D so sitting on the couch. Say and people, because obviously people are stupid yeah yeah the amount of americans that were like no better man the president of ireland like he i was like of this These, this is not him this, he did not say like it's this. a pro. like it's a proper deep fake like I, I i had to take a did second look you have look. to kind of go but i think but also cuz i i live here and he's like, my he president i was yeah. like that's never happened but i always
0: find with deep fakes i understand that they're really good but there's an uncanny valley thing about them where the second i see them i'm like yeah that's not a real person yeah yeah you can always tell but older people don't
1: no my parents like You know why now, they haven't
0: like, gone To to the opticians Yeah probably And my mother would be like That's definitely Michael J. Yeah. Higgins Which I understand to an extent But there is like A real uncanny valley about them You can tell that It's yeah. not a real person Like, like we you, haven't come that far like, like when Kanye West Got a hologram of uh, yeah. Kim Kardashian's dead dad There you go And <sighs> I was like uh, We're in, Like what Also can I just say I don't care about Kanye West He's a fucking anti semi piece of shit uh, I feel like somebody Needs to help his wife Yeah you know what she looks like? Tell me. You know that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dennis goes to the psychiatrist and draws a woman? Yes. That is literally <laughs> what she looks like. She does. And I'm like, in some, I just feel like she might need a bit of help. People on the internet were like, is she okay? Is she okay? Because he is absolutely and utterly unhinged and needs to be heavily medicated. And that's not me shaming. I'm, t- I'm heavily medicated. That dude needs to be heavily, heavily medicated. medicated i just hope she's okay Did you see his new teeth no oh my god <sighs> wait i show you hey guys listen <laughs> welcome here to this episode we just started on a rant uh for no reason hello welcome sorry for ranting But how long was that rant i have no idea but we're in it we're in deep we're in it so he looks
1: like you know when you were a kid and you used to get tinfoil oh. and make grills yeah that's literally what they look like you know, Jaws from James who, Bond. Who put that in his
0: mouth? A, a doctor. Who, la- who said, ha 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 ha, sign here.
1: Yeah, uh, there were $850,000, their titanium. Look.
0: Uh, like, he needs so much help. It's, it is a case of watching someone be surrounded by yes men. <laughs> and nobody that will actually help him. Yeah. He needs Like that's That's very much What this is a case of And like people are, I saw people being like Oh his daughter wants to be around him More than Kim But like he's one of those parents That you know is like Do you want to eat like Four bowls of cereal for dinner Like obviously like, she wants To be around him Yeah
1: there's definitely Something where she's getting Yeah Like she said I She said Like that little girl Nort uh, Said that like her, her,
0: her dad doesn't have Help she oh, he doesn't have like it's like a normal it's a normal house. house, yeah. But obviously, as well, he's completely unhinged. Yeah. So she's probably doing whatever the fuck she wants, and that other yoke—that's her mother—is clearly the disciplinary parent, yeah, yeah. and he's the fun parent. Yeah. So I'm like, why is that? Why? Why is anybody shocked by this? Yeah. This is like when parents get people get divorced, and dad is like the fun weekend guy. You can do whatever you want. And you go home to mum and you're like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. yeah. Because you put rules in place. Hello, are you all stupid? That's exactly what that is. But anyway, nobody's stupid. I don't think Colin's going to murder us. But... uh, He he loves (laughs) content. Do housekeeping. Housekeeping. Thanks to everybody who bought tickets to our live show. I said this last week, but I'm saying it again. We really appreciate it. Why are you pretending that we didn't record these back to back? We're banking them. We're <laughs> banking them. Um, that's what Auntie Donna was say. We're banking the episodes. We're banking them because I'm them. not available next week. Sarah's going to gay Paris. Like. To the Walt Disney to be a Disney adult. You'll first say that to me again.
1: (laughs) Also, I would actually like to say in terms of like housekeeping, thanks to everybody that's like joined the Patreon. Thanks to everybody that continues to support us through the Patreon. Thanks to everybody that interacts with us on the Patreon. These are very good. Because if you weren't interacting with us, I think it'd be a bit shit. It would. Um, And yeah, actually, I've really liked the Patreon content lately.
0: It's been good. Yeah, it's been really it's been good. been so much fun. And people have been really uh, enjoying it. So that's the most important thing, actually. Is people actually I think actually we changed it up. We did. Um, but thank you so much. And I'm going to do my case. Oh. <laughs> For trigger trigger warning. <laughs> I apologise.
2: Coming February 28th to Liberty Hall, Dublin, Akin Promotion presents a true crime podcasting experience like no other. It's murder most Irish lies. Ah! <laughs> Join Emma, Sarah Jane, and Cullen for a show that's crude. the strangest
0: thing you've ever eaten. She's like, my ma's shit. Yeah.
2: Lewd. Wax or shave? Shave. Hold on. Oh. You're arseful. Rude. That's-
0: my son. That's my son, and that's he didn't know you were a guard, and
2: quite possibly nude. You're
1: plowing those fields, baby, and I'm driving the Rolls Royce. Like that's that. what's happening, and then you're playing me at night, nobody.
2: Murder Most Irish live at Liberty Hall. Tickets available from Ticketmaster.ie. Come on! <laughs> Good night, everybody.
0: So this week I am covering the murder of Deborah Robinson and briefly uh, Sharon Sparks. So trigger warnings for obviously mentions of violence towards women, the murder of a child, because that's what it was, and mentions of sexual assault and rape. So just, you know, if you're not feeling it. So I got all my information from mainly the Belfast Telegraph on the British newspaper archive.co.uk, which is absolutely worth the money. How much is it? It's like a fiver a month. It's really good. You can, I'll give you my login, you can just use it. Um, I also got information from the Irish Times and from a 30 minute video essay on this murder on YouTube, which I will link in the description. It was September, 1974. Nine year old Sharon Sparks stood at a bus stop in her hometown of Shawforth in Lancashire. Sharon was short for her age. She had brown hair that hung past her shoulders. She lived with her grandparents and every weekend she looked forward to her younger sister, Tanya, visiting her. Which I discovered is a very common thing for kids to live with. This is weird. I've spoken to two people in the last month who both grew up with their grandparents. And didn't grow up with their... Nope. Didn't grow up with their birth parents, grew up with their grandparents. Saw their birth parents every... Yeah, my sister would. Couple of- yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. I forgot about Michaela. Yeah. It's just such a bizarre.
1: And then Michaela, um, Michaela and
0: Jared's nieces and nephews yeah. all grow up with oh, true. grandmother. Grandmother, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it isn't uncommon. Thing, Um, they would play doctors and nurses. She was always the nurse, Tanya told the Belfast Telegraph. And I was the patient and she would shout at me if I moved. She was so bossy, but she was so funny. So Sharon regularly caught the bus to and from school. And on the evening of September 11th, 1974, this was no different. As she waited in the brisk autumnal weather, a car pulled up. A man was driving and he offered Sharon a lift. At midnight on that same day, Sharon Sparks' body was found on a lay-by in Wild. Sorry, Wild House Lane in Milne which is about 45 minutes from the bus stop. A murder investigation was launched immediately with over 60 detectives involved. And only a month later in October, forensic evidence uh, and investigations led the police to a blue Ford Escort. The car was owned by a 21 year old former soldier from Belfast who was named Richard O'Hara. After lengthy interviews, O'Hara finally admitted to killing for Sharon. But according to him, it was a complete accident. What? He told the police that he'd stopped and asked Sharon if she wanted a lift home. He was concerned because why was a little girl in the cold by herself at a bus stop thumbing a lift? So he said she was like, oh, thumbing a lift. He told her that she wouldn't, she shouldn't be thumbing lifts and told her he would bring her home. Oh, fuck. She agreed and got in. He said everything was going fine, that they chatted and he asked her about school and she seemed happy enough with me, he said. But as they drove around Rochdale, Sharon began screaming, saying she wanted to get out of the car. O'Hara said that as he drove down Wild House Lane, Sharon opened the car door and jumped out and he had been going about 50 to 60 miles per hour. He said he became confused and worried as it was dark and he couldn't see her. O'Hara said he reversed and he felt his steering wheel wobble and realised he had run over something. I got out, he told the police, and she was lying under the wheel. I felt for a heartbeat, but I couldn't feel anything. O'Hara said he tried to call to radio for help, but could only hear static. Panicked, he picked Sharon's body up, her face was covered in blood, and he placed her on the grass verge. He said he thought he heard her moan, but thinks it could have been a noise elsewhere. He knew she was dead, and he would have never left her on the cold, wet ground if she'd been alive. He would have brought her to the hospital. Sorry, have no idea how bad this gets. He drove off, and as he did, he realised one of her shoes had fallen off when she jumped out of the moving car. He threw it out the window near Hayford. So, in November 1974, Richard O'Hara stood trial at Rochdale Magistrate Courts for the death of Sharon Sparks. He told the court that what had happened was an accident. And this is from the Belfast Telegraph. He said, quote, The journey was innocent and I intended to take her home. I didn't mean her any harm. I was afraid of the consequences. And this is why I didn't come to the police station. As the Sparks family dealt with their insurmountable grief, all charges were dropped against Richard O'Hara when the prosecution refused to offer any evidence. Acting on the advice of the Director of Public Prosecutions, the prosecuting solicitor advised that they could not bring forward evidence as the case contained, quote, sensitive personal information of a number of identical individuals assumed to still be living, including financial information, unsubstantiated allegations and details of the personal lives of unnamed, of sorry, of named individuals. And that the release of the information would be, quote, unfair and risk causing damage and distress. So they basically said, remember that case I did? Uh, was it the last case I did? Yeah. Where they put that thing in place for Arlene Arkansas, where they were like, we can't talk about this. Yeah. So it's, it's, you can't bring it to trial. It's the exact same thing. So it is to be noted that O'Hara had served with the Royal Green Jackets in Belfast for two years, but in 1972 was discharged for disobeying orders to return for a fourth tour. He claimed that he lived in constant fear of the IRA and had been threatened twice by them. It was that then when he decided to settle in the UK. Was he threatened by the IRA because he was a kitty fiddler? He was threatened by the IRA because they said that he was, he was meant to be working for... The UK... Like, obviously, the British Army. But they said that he was giving... Inf- because he was working in a, a Republican area, he was taking information and bringing it back to the UK Army. So they were like, we're going to kill you if you stay here. So some people think that that's linked to this, which does make sense. Because the reason that they couldn't give her information in the Arlene Arkansas case, which a lot of people believe, is because Robert Howard was an informer. Now, hang on for a second. He killed a kid. Yep. And... Yep. Even if,
1: even if the story he just fucking made up is true, he just admitted that that's what he did. So, like, why does it have to go to in to any? If like, why can't it just be because they were we're only going to
0: prove this? Because that's what you said. But I obviously because this is all completely linked, and because we can't trust the judicial system. So in 1975 the Sparks arranged an inquest into Sharon's death instead. O'Hara explained in detail what had happened that night and a jury of nine men recorded a verdict of death by accident even though a coroner had suggested death by manslaughter. So they were still like no it was an accident. It wasn't an accident.
1: And did she die from the car? She's dead yeah she's dead. No 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 but is that what killed
0: her? Yeah. But there was no well there was her face was cut and bruised Um she had marks all over her body the thing is he probably did drive over her he probably did hit her but did he kidnap her we'll find out so the sparks watched as O'Hara walked free again Tanya remembered being confused and missing her sister but not fully understanding what had happened so Tanya said that her family just wouldn't talk about it they were like oh a bad man took your sister that was it so she spent most of her life being like I don't know what's happened to my little sister or my big sister. I don't understand. So she told the Belfast Telegraph, quote, it didn't really sink in. At the age, I didn't really understand what, understand what had happened. But I can remember thinking, why can't I go see Sharon anymore? It was only later when I was about 11 or 12 that I really began to understand. It had a massive effect on me and my life. Because of what happened to Sharon, my dad was really strict with me. He wouldn't let me out of the house. So I had no teenage life, really. I me- it meant that whenever I got the chance, I rebelled. I made some bad decisions and that's had a knock-on effect throughout my life. It also had a massive effect on the village. Everybody talked about it. To this day, people in Shawforth still talk about what happened to Sharon. I have no other sisters and she was older than me, so I looked up to her. I still think about her every day. Six years later, as the Sparks were still thinking about Sharon, a 19-year-old woman was found dead in a ditch on a cold December day in County Kildare. And one man's name was on the lips of the people of Ireland, Richard O'Hara. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Deborah. So Deborah Robinson was born in Belfast in 1961 to her parents, George and Dr. Lorna Robinson. Known affectionately as Bobby to her friends and family, she attended Richmond College in her teens and then sat her A-levels in the Methodist College on the south side of Belfast. Deborah decided to pursue secretarial work and studied this along with a language at a business school. Her teachers described her as a quiet, studious girl, and her friends and family said Deborah was exceptionally kind, spending her free time doing volunteer work and visiting the elderly in hospitals and homes. On Saturday, the 6th of September 1980, Deborah, who at that point was waiting on her final results from college, decided to take a bus from Great Victoria Street in Belfast to Dublin. The journey would have taken two and a half hours approximately and although her final stop was meant to be Dublin city centre, Deborah actually got off the bus in Swords. She popped into a local pub and it was here she had a cup of coffee, she made a few phone calls on the payphone in the bar and she left. Later people will remember seeing Deborah walking through Swords with a man. This would be the last sighting of Deborah alive. On Sunday the 7th of September Deborah's father called the police to inform them that his daughter had not returned home and he believed she was missing. As the police gathered information from her father miles away in Clane, County Kildare, a farmer was searching ditches beside his field to make sure some of his sheep had not gotten themselves stuck which they do constantly.
1: Oh, sheep are so, sheep dumb. are so dumb.
0: Sheep are dumb. Like My God. As he walked through the sharp briars he noticed a, noticed a stark piece of yellow fabric. It was only when he looked closer that he realised there was a body laying in the ditch. A young girl wearing jeans and a yellow t-shirt. He ran onto the nearby road and flagged down the first car he saw. He asked them to go to the Garda station. He had found a girl and he knew she was dead. Oh, Farmers again. Trauma. Fucking hell man. It's okay. Yeah. Guardy arrived and cordoned off the area and Dr. John Harbison was called to the scene and house to house interviews began. Now the difficulty with that is the area where she was found in Clane when I tell you there was one house every four miles like it was a vast expanse of land but there was barely any houses so there was barely anybody to see anything. The heavy rain also meant any evidence from the vehicle that was used to dump the body had been washed away. So they had like no footprints they had no tyre marks they had nothing. As Gardie tried to piece together what had happened to the girl, excuse me, George Robinson and his family were still waiting anxiously for Deborah's return. On Wednesday the 10th of September, three days after the body was found, George received a phone call no parent would ever want to. The Guardian Kildare had found a young woman in a field and it was Deborah. George had to make a phone call to his wife who was on holiday in Spain to tell her they had found Deborah, but that their daughter was dead.
1: I just think being away from home and getting
0: news like that, and then having to go, I have to go to an airport and get on a plane. Dr. John Harbison concluded that Deborah's cause of death was manual strangulation. This would have happened less than 24 hours before she arrived in Dublin. She did not appear to have any defensive wounds, so he ascertained that either Deborah knew her attacker or she had been caught by surprise. Deborah had also been the victim of a brutal and violent rape. Oh, fuck's sake. Deborah had not been murdered where her body had been found, and items were missing from her person, including her shoes and her handbag. As George and Lorna laid their daughter to rest, questions needed to be answered. How did Deborah get to Dublin? Why was she there? And who did she meet? Passengers who travelled on the Ulster bus from Belfast to Dublin on September 6th called the police to advise that they knew Deborah and had seen her on the bus that morning. So before this, um, a lot of people didn't know how she had gotten to Dublin or why she got. gotten like, oh, So this okay. started to kind of come to fruition when people started calling up going, I I know her. I saw her on the bus. They also confirmed that she would stayed on the bus until it reached Swords, and she departed at that stop. George was confused as to why his daughter had traveled to Dublin. Deborah was an avid badminton player, and she sometimes attended tournaments in Dublin, so he thought she might have been the, that might have been the reason, or maybe simply she wanted to go shopping. Either way, she had not told her family about the trip. So she told them not that she had told them she told them she was going to Dublin, but she didn't say why well, she was going shopping. Yeah. As the Gardie and Deborah's family appealed for information, press releases were broadcast both on TV and print media showing Deborah's picture and her last known whereabouts. A description of the man she met in Wicklow was given to the Gardie by a witness and they set about trying to find him. However, they did not need to search very far as having seen Deborah's, Deborah's picture on TV, the man presented himself to Swords Garda Station. The man's name was Edmund Law and he was 25 years old. He was the son of Lord Ellenborough of East Sussex in England. Edmund, who had been educated at Eton and Cambridge, had moved to Ireland to study in Trinity College and to carry out anthropological studies on Irish marriage. So that's why he was here. Why do you get married? Why are you getting married so much? Do you think you should stop getting married? Why do you have 17 children? I'm English. We have two. Mm. So Edward had met Deborah. Sorry, Edmund had met Deborah through a lonely heart section and the two arranged to meet in swords. So he had... When he lived in London He had gone to one of those um, You know where you make the video Yes You know those like moss And IT crowd That's all I ever think of uh, And they make the video And then she makes the video And then you get matched up Oh So but obviously because She was in Northern Ireland There was The UK was like considered, yeah. yeah So he was like That's how I met her um, At around lunchtime On September 6th Edmund and Deborah Went for a walk around swords They then went to Edmund's flat There he showed... (laughs) There he showed her pictures he had taken on various holidays. He was like, do you want to see my holiday pictures? (laughs) He said they then embraced and they kissed four to five times. But then obviously they decided, listen, we don't want to go too far. This is our first time meeting. So they didn't do anything else. They then had tea in his back garden and went for a walk to a nearby castle. Edmund said after this, he walked Deborah to a bus stop in Swords so she could catch a bus to the city centre and then get her bus back to Belfast. Right. Edmund left the Garda station and the Garda confirmed that he was not under arrest. He was still obviously somebody they were looking at. Yeah. But he wasn't under arrest. So on Wednesday, September 17th, Dr. Lorna Robinson made an appeal to the public. She said that she believed Deborah may have walked from Swords to Dublin City. Now, Lorna, not to be funny, but I don't think you understand the full geography of Dublin. Yeah. Because that would have taken her a day. Yeah, like, that's a fuck of a walk, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she believed she might have done that because she she loved to take long walks. I think she was just trying anything, you know. That was she like my do- my daughter's very athletic. She loves walking and like area. She just loves walking for miles. And I was like, not so the no. centre. No. She are not walking anywhere nice. Exactly. It's a fucking like motorway. Motorway. She asked that anyone who had seen Deborah to please contact the RUC or the Gardaí. Doctor Robinson wept as she spoke about Deborah. How proud she was of her daughter And what a wonderful smart person she was The Robinsons family received a letter Days after Deborah's death To tell them that she'd won first prize in the UK For intermediate French shorthand From the Chamber of Commerce Oh
1: fucking hell
0: Dr Robinson said she wanted her daughter To be remembered for who she was And not because she was a murder victim Now at the time of Deborah's murder There had been Three other murders In or around that area Three to four months previously so, a lot of people thought that this was linked. Yeah. It wasn't. But. That girl on you. Yeah. So, there was a nurse in Donegal as well that went missing, which is not too far from where this, like, where well, she's from, like.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But they. Initially, the police kind of got a line of investigation where they were like, we think this is linked, and then gradually realised it wasn't. But a lot of this, Deborah wasn't really talked about as a singular case. She was kind of roped into these other murders. So, these girls weren't given. Much space individually. Yeah. So it kind of hindered a lot of the investigation. Two weeks after Deborah's body was found, a new picture of her was released in the hopes of jogging the public's memory. But for a number of months, Deborah's case began to lose steam. Three months after her murder, new information finally came to light in Deborah's case. The Guardian released a statement saying that forensics carried out in Deborah's clothing had found fibres. They were a polyester mix unwashed and unworn and the type of fibres that may be found in a clothing factory. Oh. Gardy believed that Deborah may have been in a car or with someone who worked in a clothing factory. Their line of inquiry was now extended to anyone who worked in one of these factories. Yeah. Because it was unwashed and it was... um, so because it was unwashed it meant it was brand new like it had never been used in anything so they were like well, it would make sense of this and so there's loads of those factories in Dublin oh the yeah my, my like, yeah. grand
1: my grandmother my mom, mom my aunties yeah, Gar's, Gar's mom, mom
0: Bernadine all worked in clothing factories yeah. so there was so many of them that like they were like it makes sense this new appeal led to almost 40 interviews being carried out however by the beginning of 1981 no arrests had been made In a bizarre turn of events, in May 1981, an inquest was carried out into Deborah's death. However, the Robinson family were not invited to attend, nor were they made aware that it was happening. Dr. Lorna Robinson called the inquest unfair and inequitable.
1: So they just had an
0: inquest and didn't tell the family. And the family were like, what the fuck are you doing? So then they stopped the inquest. And they were like, right, we'll carry on the inquest then in July. She was like, why would you even do this? Like they were incensed. Completely understand why they were incensed. It's their daughter. A year after Deborah's murder, the guardian were no further on in the case. But on the third of December, a 28-year-old man was arrested and charged with uh, Deborah Robinson's murder. His name was Richard O'Hara. Okay. O'Hara, who was now married with three children, and he had no fixed abode. His wife kicked him out. (laughs) <laughs> oh. He was remanded to Mountjoy and in mid-January 1982, his legal team made an application for bail, stating concerns for Robinson's mental health. The state on the guardie argued against bail as they believed if O'Hara was released, he would harm himself. A suicide letter was found in a cell along with razor blades. So his team were like, we got to let him go because his mental health is really bad. And then the guardie were like, but if you let him go, he's going to kill himself. So this is a rock and a hard place right now. <laughs> but they're like, at least if he's in jail, he's being watched and we can make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. It was also noted that O'Hara had spent several months in a mental health facility in 1981 and that when he was arrested, he was drug dependent. He also had told the guardie he would end his own life to avoid going to jail.
1: It's pity he didn't do it sooner.
0: Pity, Richard! O'Hara's team said that his wife was willing to let him return to the family home. However, when the case for bail came back to the judge, O'Hara's team said they would not be seeking bail, but instead asked that the case be made a top priority. What that means is O'Hara's wife was like, no, he's not coming here. Good. I have three children. Um, March 22nd, 1982, and the trial for the murder of Deborah Robinson begins, begins, with a jury of nine men and three women, it was presided over by Mr. Justice Findlay. The prosecution's opening statement told the jury that Richard O'Hara met Deborah Robinson in Dublin and he persuaded the 19-year-old to come to the clothing factory where he worked. They believed he might have offered Deborah a lift back to Belfast. They were from the same area, they had the same accent and she may have felt comfortable speaking to him. So he was from Belfast and she was from Belfast. Instead, he brought her to the empty factory, attacked her, brutally raped her and murdered her. He then drove her body to a field in Kildare and dumped her there. Where was the factory? Uh, uh, South Aaron Street Okay And uh, was he living in Clane? He was living in Dublin Was he living in Clane? No he was living in Dublin Okay But he drove her out Okay It's almost like uh, what he did with Sharon Sparks Yeah Almost Funny that George Robinson took the stand This is Deborah's father He told the court that the last time he saw his daughter Was on the morning of Saturday the 6th of September She was leaving to catch a bus And asked him how she looked He told her she looked very smart George said he was not aware That his daughter Had been using Any dating services And presumed Deborah went to Dublin To go shopping Yeah Aww. she didn't tell him I wouldn't tell my dad either Could you imagine Me that guy Edmund I know Oh dude The Imagine stress. the sweat The sweat would have been Like I wouldn't have Even been able to function I would have been Slipping all over the place Yeah Seeing that I've been mean like Oh my god I saw her Like three days ago And we went on a date And she was with me And I was by myself with her Like And I'm English And it's 1981 Yeah <laughs> Could you like that? I when I read it, I f- I actually really felt for him, and the fact that he went to the garden straight away, he was like, "I had nothing to do with this." Yeah, we kissed four to five times. Blasphemer, she was so young. Doctor John Harbison took told the court that Deborah had died from asphyxiation due to manual strangulation. She had bruises on her arms from where he believed she had been grabbed. He said that Deborah had been raped and had bruising on her de- genitals as well as damage to her hymen. Dr. Harbison concluded that Deborah had been a virgin at the time of her time. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So. So here comes O'Hara's team. Deborah's a sweetie. O'Hara's team cross-examined Harbison and questioned as to whether the damage to Deborah's gen- genitals could have occurred during, quote, vigorous but consensual activity. Harb- I hate <laughs> all of these cunts. Yep. I don't give a fuck that they're doing their yep. job hate them. Harbison said this was highly unlikely but could not confirm this fully but he did say she was a virgin he was like she was a virgin when he raped her and he did rape her and no amount of we've had, Sarah. this is the one thing Sarah hates Sarah hates when a man rapes a woman and then kills her and then they go to court and he's like yeah I did kill her but I didn't rape her it was consensual Pick a fucking mold, man. What are you talking... Like, it's like because their ego will be hurt to think that he had to rape her and that she didn't want to have sex with him. That's all that is, I, by the way. That's all that is.
1: I honestly... I've seen this thing, right? I know we've spoken about before. And I understand that as a solicitor, you, yes, you have to, to do your, your job. job. You don't have to do it that way. No. You don't have to do it that way. How do you sleep at night? You do How not. do you ask that question and go to bed at night? Like, I don't give a fuck. If you, if this girl, like this girl's hymen was damaged yeah. and she had bruising to her genitalia. Yeah. So you know she's a virgin. Do you think by any account, let's just, Fucking hypothetical, it is consensual. Do you think, by any accounts, that the first time you have sex, you're going to be like, you know, what I want full blown fucking BDSM because um, I know what that is. Will you? No, you
0: fucking don't. Will you hurt me? Will you hurt? No, no, you don't. You're literally like, I'm terrified. Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. I don't know what the fuck I this. Is. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But they were like, oh, maybe. She I'm going to come to
1: a fucking factory on with the, a fucking on stranger. The floor of
0: a factory with some twenty eight year old. Like after I've
1: just been with a guy. Literally a guy that I like. That I kissed. That I kissed. my I liked. That I went on a date with. And I did not have sex with this him. Is so sad, Sarah. I hate this. I know.
0: Cunt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I knew. I knew that. I get you. Detective Sergeant Thomas Dunn took the court took to the stand. That told the court that he'd interviewed a horror regarding the death of Deborah. Did you ever
1: see the episode of Bluey where they pretend to be a doctor? And no, nurse?
0: we were meant to watch that one, but we watched the so FaceTime one, which is the funniest thing I've ever seen. The face-y in my life. Timey
1: episode. Oh my god, of It's Bluey So
0: funny. So it's funny. so funny. Uh, watch Bluey Watch Bluey And watch the Facey Time episode It made me laugh Robinson He told Dunn That on the 6th of September He left work At approximately 12pm He then went home To his wife and children An argument ensued With his wife And he left their flat He then went to the cinema But only stayed For half of the movie Before going to going to a pub On Aaron Street So that was like Close to where his job was He decided to go home But on Parnell Street He met a girl they continued walking and talking and he brought them towards the factory where he worked. He told her he was in charge of setting the alarm every evening and that was the re- reason for going. However, we know now he actually offered Deborah a lift back to Belfast. So he was like, I told her, uh, come to the factory where I work and I'll show you that I turn off the lights. Sir! Men are... S- you know, this doesn't matter. But like, what? Am I impressed that you turn off the lights? Oh my God, he said he showed her around the factory and that they went into the cutting room it was here he said they had consensual sex o'hara said that during the sex deborah made comments that she felt nothing and was disappointed in his performance she was a virgin o'hara said he got hang- angry and put his hands around her neck but he did let go according to o'hara deborah realized that she would miss her bus and she became upset so he put his hand around her neck again and squeezed to get her to be quiet. Sorry, what? This is absolutely... Anybody that would believe this. Anybody that would believe this bullshit. And the fact that his team were like, just get up on the stand and Inst- insinuate that what? she's a slut. Yeah, but if... And then you'll get away with this. If you, like... I don't know how his team were like, you're not getting on the stand. yet. Yeah. What the fuck? Get off the stand, you dumbass. You're not dumbass. on stand. He realised she was dead, so left her body on the floor. The next day, he hired a van, went back to the factory and placed her body in the back. He then drove her to Klein and dumped her in the field. He wrapped her shoes, handbag and jacket in brown paper and left them in an abandoned factory yard and drove home. Now, they never found those. So, probably kept some souvenirs. Yeah. Forensic specialists spoke in court and they told the jury how it took up to 11 months to find a match on the fibres found on Deborah's clothes. They also found a semen sample and they were able to determine a blood type. The blood type was rare, and when samples were taken from the male staff in the factory, only three matched. O'Hara was one of these matches. When Gardy went to him with the evidence, he confessed to killing Deborah, but as with Sharon Sparks, told them it was an accident. Oh. O'Hara gave three separate statements admitting that he did kill Deborah, but in each statement refused to admit that he raped her. He said it was fully consensual. I fucking. I know. After only six hours, the jury came back and found Richard O'Hara guilty guilty of the murder of Deborah Robinson. He was sentenced to life in prison. O'Hara did not react as the verdict was read out. Outside the court, George Robinson spoke to the press. He said that they were pleased with the verdict, but that they would be taking a civil suit against O'Hara. He believed that O'Hara had defamed Deborah by stating they had consensual sex. Yeah, he's fucking right. George said that O'Hara raped his daughter. In 1996, so that that was the end of that. So in 1996, O'Hara requested temporary release, saying that there was a woman who wanted to marry him and that he deeply regretted what he had done. He was ready to be integrated back into society. The High Court rejected this, saying O'Hara had refused counselling a prison and that temporary release was a privilege and not a right. He has to be let out. He was like, let me out if someone wants to marry me and I won't do it again, yeah? 2000- who the fuck wants to marry this idiot? <laughs> Wait till you hear who married this man. In 2009, Richard O'Hara was released from prison. Martin Breen in the Belfast Telegraph, who doesn't give a fuck, published a picture of O'Hara. He was wearing a wedding ring. It was then discovered that O'Hara had married a woman named Carol Cathcart, who was a prominent deaconess in a church in Derry. When the truth of Richard O'Hara's crimes were revealed to the O'Hara's neighbours, they were distressed. Christine McVee, great name, told the Belfast Telegraph, quote, I'm not happy at all about them being here since I, need, since I read about the couple in the Belfast Telegraph. He is a history of violence against women. I've seen him cutting the grass, but we haven't talked. You see him in the cars going in and out, but that's develop- inevitable in a country area. Another neighbour, a mother of three, said their house is near the GAA field and the practice field where young girls play camogie. He's overlooking a field where children pay and a local school is under a mile away. We don't feel happy or safe. He has served his time, but it wasn't a one-off. This is a rural area and walkers are worried. He comes across as a very nice Christian man, but I don't think he can be trusted. I've told my girls not to use the front garden, but play in the back. Oh! Reverend David Bruce said they stood by Carol in her decision to marry a man who murdered two people, likening the public's reaction to a known child killer and rapist as to how Jesus was treated. What? Quote, When you are talking about desperate, serious crimes perpetrated against innocent people, outrage is expressed by the Presbyterian congregation and it's mirrored by the outpressed outrage Jesus would have experienced. Sorry, excuse me. But he added... Somehow, in the midst of Jesus' outrage about desperate crimes, there was compassion towards the perpetrator. This is where we are in relation to this case. Carol is on my staff and she's been an exemplary deaconess. When in December 2004 she and Richard O'Hara got married, we took the decision to support her. In terms of Richard O'Hara's life licence, it is very clearly defined by the authorities, and in relation to Carol's work, there has been no breach.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Excuse me Christians are fucking Insane Get help He murdered a nine year old And raped and murdered A nineteen year old And you're telling me It's like how it happened to Jesus I don't don't know where he is now But I hope he was ran out of the area Oh is he not there anymore I have no idea I don't find anything else about him So Deborah's mother died in 1993 and George said "Deborah's. Gosh, death... she must have been very young. Yeah, Deborah's death ruined their life. She died from cancer. Oh. He said, Since Debbie's death, there has been a gap in our lives. She had been a breath of fresh air to us both. The irony of the whole situation is that although she had been all over Europe by herself and was never harmed, she was killed on a day trip to Dublin. Yeah. And that is the case of the murder of Deborah O'Hara. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Uh, Deborah Robinson and Sharon Sparks, who were murdered by Richard O'Hara, who had he been put in jail for the murder and kidnapped, kidnapped, he kidnapped her. That girl did not get into that car. He dragged her into that car. Why did she start kicking and screaming randomly? Why would a child start doing that when they're afraid? Because they know something's wrong. Then drove over her and put her on a wall.
1: It's a poor little girl. Nine years old. That's the same
0: age as Lily and then said I thought I heard a moan but I think it might have been another noise but if I thought she was alive I would have brought her to the hospital and the jury went okay okay and the director of public prosecution went we can't try this case because he told us some stuff like the um, the troubles caused troubles was horrific but the more we do these I've realised how insidious yeah the troubles truly were and that there were murderers walking free because they gave information to the police. Yeah. Well, he walked free yeah. and then dragged a 19-year-old girl into a warehouse, raped and murdered her. And we're meant to believe that uh, the old deaconess and Derry was grand to marry him.
1: Like, what's that about?
0: Once again, the conversation we had, had earlier about women thinking that men are a prize and yeah. you need to have a husband. Ding, ding, ding! Um. But yeah. Like, of
1: all the men Of all find- the men.
0: Carol. Carol, honey. Carol O'Hara, Imagine meeting a man and being like, "So tell me about yourself." Well, I murdered a nine year old and then I murdered. No, well, she, she must have been right. She to met him. him in prison, Sarah Jane. She was right. I'd to say him. she was going to prison doing the, uh, you know, the way they go. Those religious people go to prison to be like, "Do you accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your life?" Yeah. Absolutely, and then she was riding. And her and her her congregation had to find out about it through other means, through reading the Belfast Telegraph and her church didn't go he could be a danger yeah but we're fine with it because jesus was pro- anyway this case is a nightmare and i was so mad when i read that thing where he was like it was consensual oh. no it wasn't he raped her he raped her like and her parent her parents were so right for soon um and i do i feel like i'm her mom her, like i know it's but i've read a lot of cases that we've done where one of the parents dies from cancer like yeah. quickly after yeah Um, But rest in peace Deborah, And rest in peace Sharon And Sharon's sister And Media have requested That file be unlocked About Sharon They've requested it And they were told Obviously for that reason They can't They were told it will be 2054 Before it can even be considered To be unlocked Why?
1: Because someone's still alive Why 2054? 2054
0: they told her Um, And Tanya has tried And she obviously spoke to them To the media And was like How Was this allowed to happen twice? With the same M.O., Sarah, luring someone somewhere, murdering them, and then dumping their body. That was the same M.O., except he didn't rape Sharon, but I'm sure if he had been given the opportunity because she didn't jump out of the car, he absolutely would have raped her. Yep, yep. And he had previous convictions for burglary, which is usually the start of it, for assault, and he tried to rape a 15-year-old girl as well. So...
1: He had previous convictions previous when he convic- picked up that kid. Before he had picked up that kid. And they were like, kid. it's an accident. It's an accident.
0: I'm leaving now. Goodbye. <laughs> Get me the fuck
1: out of here.
0: <laughs> Come back. <laughs> um, yeah, it's terrible. And our hearts go out to Deborah's family and Sharon's family as well because... How do you like a nine year old? And that's one of those things that becomes like an open secret in a small area where everybody's talking about it, but nobody's talking about it. That poor girl as well to like not ever get to talk about it. Didn't get to see her like, and that happens a lot in families where you yeah. just don't talk about it. Like when you see the East Area Rapist, I always think of that girl that was raped the twelve year old oh, girl, and her family just won't let her talk no, about
1: it. No not talk about it. Like
0: it's fucked. Um, but yeah, uh, rest in peace, Deborah, and rest in peace, well, Sharon. Listen, And I hope their families are somehow getting the peace that they need because I don't. I can't begin to imagine what they went through. But yes, we will be back. Shake my hand. Oh, your hands love you more. You did a great job, sweetie. Thank you.
1: You You did a great job. Doing great, sweetie.
0: And we'll be back next week for more fun and frolics and terribleness. And do a fun one, yeah. Do something fun. What's Do a different type of story Okay we'll do that I'm not
1: disc- I'm changing the You've name of you got to this find podcast. up you
0: got to find something fun I'm going
1: to change the name of this podcast I'm going to call it Fun most Irish Fun times <laughs> Fun times with Sarah Jane and Emma podcast
0: <laughs> We're going to be like Those really annoying DJs in the morning Fun times with Emma and Sarah Jane Like You know that like PJ Gallagher and guy <laughs> Yeah
1: He's on a morning show Is he? Yeah
0: What's he doing with himself?
1: He seems like a happy chappy. He does. I know he had a lot of trouble. He had a lot of mental health yeah, issues. Yeah, I knew
0: that. Yeah, I knew he had been sick for a long but time. honest to God, those shows. I can't, Sarah. They make, I can't deal with these people. Like, like, there is nothing worse than, like, why are you so happy we're in a car going to work? Okay, we're going to go get Chinese food. Take a bite everyone. We're week. going to get Chinese food. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for more terribleness and awfulness. Happy and, Christmas. Uh, happy Christmas and be good and just be nice and don't comment on people's bodies. Yeah, be nice, everybody. I'm my boobs. This is my boob jam. Your boobs are great. It's because I'm getting my period. Like the way we said don't comment on people's bodies and i like... like,
1: you're great tits. Do you know what you've got? <laughs> you've got a great set you've of melons. you got melon. them things. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean it's a pity about your personality But I, I love those titties This is period boobs I know I Do you know what's I can tell Period boobs yeah. When you're getting period Yeah no no yeah, yeah. I can It's period. insane Period boobs You need to think about a period you get you know, getting a period I don't have that problem What do you mean My boobs don't change At all No, no. You fucking bitch These are <laughs> killing me These are actually
0: Like it's sore to no, do that but I don't get that Did you ever get painful boobs In like Maybe once a year Are you fucking It's my first thing No like pay, like when I do that It's really
1: sore Yeah no God no I've never had it I don't have tenderness In the breasts Alright everybody symphony. Enjoy
0: Tenderness in the breasts It's a great name For yeah. um a band <laughs> Okay Say goodbye Bye. Bye I was doing Next to
2: nothing About a year ago But Sarah Jane and Emma Came a knocking on my door Said they'd figured Out a better way To pass the time and do a little podcast, researching through crime. They wanted hoodies, cats and bees. The kind of place where men are not allowed. They wanted hoodies, cats and bees. On Sunday night, Sarah Jane would come around and lay a story down. And just about when everything was going as planned Sarah, Jane and Emma started making demands. You're gonna have to edit out a while we said So it only record if we're sitting on the bed Ooh, these cats and bees The well, town supply of Jenny Glow They wanted ooh, these cats and bees Homicide, some army hammer Joe and a song to end the show.